Welcome back to the Pocha Playlist. Great news, the Good Bad Mother Patreon episode is live. I know people has, have been desperately waiting for it. It was a very long episode because there was so much to talk about. Andy, do you want to share the great news of where we decided to rank it on our last year's list unofficially? Yeah, unofficially, it is on number two. So if we did actually rank it last year, it probably would be number two. I think there probably would be more discussions about it because we did not we did kind of like a quick gloss over for it but the three of us thought it was a really really good show and good enough to be number two which we're really really surprised about and i'm very happy watching that show well you know andy you you and i were on one side of the boat but we had uh mrs gripes over here who didn't like it as much jenny do you want to give like an overview of all of our thoughts for the show yeah i mean i think overall we just really loved it it was Uh, just a great show um you know i don't think i had that many gripes i don't know why you said that but overall i think it was definitely top three for all of us i think um andy and brandon definitely loved it um i think it was basically their number two number one i forget now but um yeah i think overall it was just a very emotionally charged show with a lot of lovable characters and a love line that we definitely weren't expecting but ended up loving um but yeah it was fantastic for for those that haven't watched the show too and that like they were kind of put off by the show i think the main we, we did say on the park uh, on the patreon episode that the three of us didn't pick it up last year because of how scared we how dark it was going to be and the show is definitely not a super dark show i think it's a lot more lighthearted than dark and uh if people are like kind of scared skeptical uh, about like the themes of the show i think it's worth checking out um just because of how emotional the show gets but on a light-hearted level i can imagine all of our plochas last year were probably ripping their hair out every time they heard us say oh we don't want to watch good bad because it's going to be too sad meanwhile the show is so uplifting and just hilarious outright hilarious and they're like please just watch it so i do want to give a very big thank you to everyone because if it wasn't for you guys we really probably wouldn't have watched the show and we really would have missed out on something truly magical um jenny do you want to talk about what our upcoming schedule is going to kind of look like i'm sure people are desperately uh, waiting to hear what we're going to pick up next yeah um so the next key drama we're going to pick up is going to be called queen of tears um i think we've kind of talked about this a handful of times on previous episodes already but if you guys haven't caught that it's going to be a netflix show um it seems like it's a very very rom commy <laughs> uh k-drama and i think it's right up our alley and that's going to be coming out in march uh, beginning of march so that's going to be our next official pickup i do have an honorable mention it's not a k-drama but i recently started the avatar live action which Ooh. i do want to give props because there's you know great asian american representation i never watched avatar growing up so i went into it completely blind but man that first episode i was so hooked i'm so into this lore right now i want to finish this recording so i can get back to watching it andy have you you checked it out you've never watched the cartoon before never i always thought it was like kind of too childish i don't know i was busy watching like naruto and dragon ball z i never watched avatar i think that's the reason why a lot of people are big avatar fans is because it is kind of childish but it has really dark themes of like Mm. genocide and all this like crazy stuff going on but it's a childhood show at the end of the day and um, i think that's why a lot of people are really excited for the show i've had a lot of big mixed reviews for the live action um but i I, it's weird because i haven't seen any buzz for it but i also haven't watched 
any episode so i don't even know if it's like good or bad it's it's yeah yeah as somebody who watched the original animated series and loved it i would say the first episode we've seen like an episode and a half now it's like pretty close to how it is in the show i think they shift a couple of story time like storytelling plots around but overall like i would say it's so far pretty like original to the original storyline i don't know if they're going to be able to cover like the entire you know i think there's like three seasons for the original animation so i don't know how far it's going to go with this um this live action but so far it's pretty close yeah, someone who hasn't ever watched a single Avatar episode, I mean, it's enough to pull me in. And I typically don't like live actions in general. Yeah. So it's been great. I really want you to check it out so we can talk about it, Andy. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into Dr. Slump. We're going to be doing episodes 9 and 10. Jenny, tell yours. Yeah, let's do it. Cheers! So I feel like these two episodes, um, you know, really big turning points for our main characters, mainly because, you know, the last first half, I guess, of the show really focused on these exterior problems that the characters had. But I think now that most of those things have gotten resolved, it's the characters kind of have no more excuses or like bigger things outside of their own feelings to point to for um, some of the vulnerabilities that are now coming up. So well, I'll just kind of focus on one character at a time. I think Jungwoo essentially is still having his PTSD moments and he's now officially working at his friend's plastic surgery clinic. However, you know, this PTSD is making him just feel really unworthy. Um, he's like very, very self-conscious about the fact that he's having these um, issues. And I think um, Hunter showing up to support him actually did kind of the opposite effect. Um, and it just was unfortunate that our main characters kind of had a big um, argument again because of that. But I do think that they um, have a really good session where they do have a very vulnerable conf- um I think they have a really good conversation where they're very vulnerable and just kind of talk through their feelings and really are able to um, show appreciation for each other. Um, so by the end of like these two episodes, I would say that they did make up and they're mainly happy now. I would say, though, that this was a very quick like breakup to makeup situation. So just wanted to get your thoughts and kind of the pacing of that. Did you guys feel that maybe this was too fast or do you think the way that they did it made you feel OK with how they presented the relationship? And do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I think my gripes last week is also they did break up really quickly and then now they kind of essentially got back together. I do think it's a little bit rushed. I think the first 30 minutes of episode 9 of the first episode, it felt like they just really want to showcase the emotional angst that they're going through. And it's hard for me to... Like, I feel like they weren't selling it enough. I think it felt too rushed from the previous episodes. Mm -hmm. And then now... And then at the end of the episodes, they got back together. So it's hard for me to climb this emotional hill that they're going through together because i just i couldn't it was just too fast brandon what about you yeah you know for me i really think it's just the timing and a pacing issue um i have no i have no issues with how they're portraying the ups and the downs starting with chungu's character i i mean i can't personally relate but after seeing something that traumatic on your operating table like it's totally believable that he's having a hard time just kind of getting back into the swing of things definitely feel like he should have taken some time before he got back in there Um, but you know of course for the show he's right back into the operating room and then i loved the reveal where she volunteered to become her or his anesthesiologist like that 
comeback together is really really great it's just that it happened so soon after they broke up and then as you said jenny they have that other argument i don't want to deep that argument too much it was more about like him saying you know you're not thinking about your own issues and i want you to be because he's worried about her and you know he doesn't want her to be operating again and back in the hospital room if she's not ready so it comes from a pace of love which i like but yeah they're back together and over three episodes it's been really up and down so it's just kind of hard to keep track i feel like maybe they could have spaced it out a little bit more but the core meat of what they're trying to portray i'm all for so it's kind of tough to say if that makes sense yeah that's fair enough i think overall like i'm pretty happy with the fact that they were both able to be pretty open to each other um you know i will say that like i actually appreciate it when relationships have these like very open conversations you know I do love a little bit of the yearning but sometimes I do get frustrated with k-dramas that turn just very small misunderstandings into big big reasons for characters not to like see each other for multiple episodes so at least I feel like we didn't get that um but I I do hear where Andy's coming from where like the yearning could have dragged on just a little little bit longer but I was happy about the conversations that they were able to have before they made up what what came to mind for me of why I think I didn't like it as much because I think it felt very forced I felt like the show was kind of forcing this yearning situation uh, onto us I think also because like there's so many external like partners are passing information from one side to the other it's like oh um have you heard like this person you know he accepted the job kind of a thing and it's just like it felt like playing telephone and mm. they're all like there's so much eavesdropping going on especially with like, the mom too set trying to setting her up with the date situation so like there's just so much like condolution like stuff going on that kind of just made it feel like fluff and it didn't directly involve the two main characters but so many side characters are being involved at the same time I actually totally get where you're coming from, Andy. I will say, Hongran, like, on the phone with her friend talking about something and then having Jungwoo overhear that to be the plot device, I think that happened, like, twice in these yeah. two episodes. Maybe <laughs> even three times. And Damn I was like, Hongran. yeah, I was like, you're going to use the same, like, methodology. I thought that was a little bit odd. So I do agree with you. I'm like, I could have used a different way for this to have happened um so i definitely see where you're coming from there i feel like it doesn't even stop there there's that one guy he's older he's like a a friend of everyone and he had that um, lump on his back like he was also relaying other information that he heard from one of the secretaries like there's a lot of like yeah, as you said, Andy, playing telephone happened. One more, too, be- before we move on to the next thing. Th- like, three episodes <laughs> ago, as well, at the therapist session, too. Dude, the therapist session, the walls are just so thin that he can, like, oh, listen yeah. to <laughs> I was like, dude. Yeah, I yeah that's true. This show really likes using the overhearing this, yeah, overhearing I mean... that as, like, a plot driver. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know. I forgot about the therapist <laughs> thing, but that's also true. You know, one positive, though before we move on from this topic yes the relationship is up and down but now that they're kind of back together sort of and both working at the plastic sur- the the friend's plastic surgeon shop we kind of are starting to get a, ro- a workplace romance and i'm actually really liking that mm-hmm. that that um outing 
scene where they're all getting um they're all getting drinks together with all the employees like that was really cute yeah i agree that was they had the little like footsies under the table and it was like oh who's your what was your most recent kiss are you single and those like very pointed (laughs) questions very very cute all right well let's move on to the second lead uh second lead love line so you know i i feel like we talk a lot about these two characters kind of together but i feel like we haven't really gotten a gut check on what we think about their characters individually in a bit so i just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts i feel like they've both kind of changed a lot since um, initial introduction so any you know main feelings about either hongran or taeyang yeah i think you touched a little bit about hongran with the you know talking to her friend kind of situation um it's it's hard to say because i really like her character individually but there's these those two phone calls right that happen i'm like dude Mm -hmm. did you really have to do that out in the open again she's just Mm -hmm. talking to her friend and she's being a good friend and yes she's doing in the open for someone else to hear um and i i think all overall she's just a good character i think for her to be a plot device to like move the overhearing situation to move on just makes it sucky i wouldn't say that's like her fault but it's just you know the writing's fault is what i would say <laughs> fair enough i 100 percent agree with that last line i mean her as a person phenomenal like i would want her as my friend but you know her as a character it's really just the writing that's making her yeah. act this way and so i it is what it is since you talked about home run i'll talk about um the other character i feel like he is not a villain at all like i don't know if in the beginning i can't remember if we ever talked about him kind of negatively or like maybe shady or hating on Chongu. i really don't think that that's the case you know one thing that really um not touched me but i thought was really cool was when he gets confronted for letting the girl um hunter hunter joined the operating room you know he was so apologetic he's like hey like did i make a mistake here or was i not thinking and I thought like having that foresight to even be like concerned or worried about that shows that he truly is a good friend and cares for Chungu from the bottom of his heart. So I really like him as a character and I guess that's, you know, a great segue into like the second lead love line. I I'm totally eating it up, you know, that scene where he was babysitting the kid. Love the love that. Yeah, I definitely feel like Taeyang is the one carrying the love line a little bit, though. I feel like right now, Hongren hasn't really done much for him. And I, I really hope that they kind of showcase that because, you know, he's the one that technically asked her out on a blind date initially. He's the one that, like, you know, kind of talked to her about, like, the kid. He's the one that offered to watch her kid and everything. But I don't know if I felt anything from her side other than the fact that he's just there and very helpful um so i don't know i'm I'm really hoping that she does a little bit more to him to maybe solidify that a little bit because we are more than halfway and so far it still feels pretty one-sided i kind of feel like their relationship makes perfect sense right now just because they're um you know single parents but their kids are of the opposite you know gender and thinking about her and her son I'm sure the son wants to like go out and like catch bugs with the dad who's not there and so the fact that he got to fill in for that role like really touched my heart Mm -hmm. and I feel like on the other side you know he has a daughter who's kind of in like those teen years as a girl and she's having a hard time relating with the dad and all that i wonder if in the next couple episodes hongran will then step in and be like hey like maybe i can be like a pseudo mother figure for you and you can talk to me about things that you can't talk about with your dad so i feel like 
you know, those puzzle pieces, like they're kind of meant for each other as a family. My only worry, though, is I just hope they don't like really push this whole like we're going to make this family work. And, you know, the kids magically just love each other as well, Mm because it's going to be big news. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, you're now my brother in law or stepbrother. You know, it's a lot to take in. So hopefully they're not too pushy with that. Yeah. What do you think? Andy? Yeah, it it does feel like they're it's like a everything is going to be okay kind of a show uh, and mm-hmm. they're going to pit, pit this to uh, well, they're definitely going to be together at the very very end but it's just like how are they going to pace everything properly it does feel like these two characters are still secondary characters they do get like a little bit spotlight here and there but like we really don't have that much information on the two characters themselves for example why are they like single parents we don't have any backstory right. on them we don't get that much like character from the kids themselves maybe like one like you know 30 second scene kind of a thing per episode if that uh so we don't really have that much character information and this is episode like nine and ten already i kind of want more information on these two characters because they are our secondary characters and they're like i wouldn't say they're fully entwined in the first main character storyline as that much so i I do want to see more from those two yeah i hear you i i think there's a lot of backstory that we haven't really explored yet for this show like you know one of the things we mentioned last week was jungwoo and taehyung like why are they have why did they initially have a fallout also like taehyung and horan's backstory like you mentioned so hopefully at some point over the next couple episodes we'll we'll get a little bit of that wait can i can i say one thing i just feel like on this podcast we always get hooked into these thoughts and even if the show is telling us that it's not going to proceed we always say oh when is this going to happen when is this going to happen and so this whole fallout thing between the two guys i feel like there really wasn't a fallout and i don't want to get to the end and be like hey they never talked about this when there was nothing to really talk about you know yeah are you guys getting that sense i i thought that they had some issue um and i think andy you feel like we've kind of talked about that as well do you still feel that way well now that they're painting this picture that like he's actually a good guy i don't think they might not even explain it my gripe always was why did they always paint him like this like snarly character in the first like 10 minutes of the show yeah so like i that's what i did not like about this thing because you just paint him as an evil character now he's a good character and everything's okay uh, i don't like the opposites of the uh, of them portraying things like that yeah well I do think I would appreciate an explanation of why initially he was kind of seen as a little bit aggressive. And maybe that's just like, hey, I was just kind of jealous of you, buddy, but we're all cool now. So I don't know. But hopefully, you know, there is a little bit more. But I think Brandon's right. Or maybe we just have high hopes when nothing's really there. All right, last question. So I think another relationship that kind of ended in these two episodes is between Jungwoo and Kyungmin. Um, he's the glasses doctor that screwed over Hunter. I mean, essentially, Jungwoo just goes to his office and like confronts him about screwing over Hunter, and Kyungmin has like no remorse for it, and essentially just a fight ensues. And I think their relationship kind of ends from there. Um, you know, I totally think Jungwoo is heroic for defending somebody who is obviously wronged in the situation. But do you guys feel like maybe this was unjustified from Jungwoo's end? Like, I feel like that was his friend. And I don't know, it just felt like a little bit odd that it came from him. But just wanted to see what you guys think. I'm not saying that I'm not saying what Jungwoo did was wrong. But we as a viewer know that Kyungmin was doing all of these horrible and shady things mm-hmm. but Chungu doesn't 
Yeah. And if this was actually your your friend for that long, and you know now you have Hunter in your life, yes, everyone should protect and trust their significant other. But like he was just so adamant that Kyungmin was in the wrong there. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was like really abrupt. I thought the discussion would have been a little bit longer. You know, yeah. again, it made for like a great K drama scene. But I was like, oh wow, you just like totally punched him in the face. Who yeah. was supposed to be your friend, and you really didn't like really get to the truth of whether he did it or not. Again, like we know he did, and he deserved to getting hit. But you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Andy, any thoughts? This scene for me didn't feel like a. It's like a K drama scene where like. It's it felt very scripted where we needed the main male character to show his masculinity and beat this mm. one guy because he is wrong. And Kyunmin has always been staged as this character that has wronged the female character. And that's all mm. this character is to be. And so for me, in my mind, I'm like, that's all I'm thinking about. So like, okay, he's like, that's fine. We're just moving things forward because he's defending his girl kind of a thing. Yeah, I hear you. If it was me, though, so like it's kind of weird because if it was me, I wish that it was Hunter because she was the one that was wronged. She mm-hmm. was the one that had the rumors sp- spread about her by him. She was the one that had the paper um, stolen from her. Right. She kind of got her revenge, so to say, when she kind of confronted him at that party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so now for Chungu to then also get a-, a punch in, it's like I thought we already ended it with yeah hunter yeah it's her it's her issue and she confronted him let her have the final say right yeah i i just i think the reason why i asked it is because i was feeling a little bit weird about how that all went down like Mm -hmm. once again it was hongran gossiping and then being like oh shoot sorry jungwoo you overheard and then jungwoo basically rushing to kyungmin like and just being like why did you do this and he's like so what and they just like (laughs) so what if i did yeah (laughs) and i was was his personality changed like like from left to right he was just straight up like no she 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 gets what she deserves kind of thing i was like hmm. yeah it's kind of like, like random what? kind of a thing yeah yeah and i don't know like it just felt so abrupt and it's just yeah. unfortunate because i do feel like we always doubted kyungmin but if you think about what he did to jungwoo he never really wronged jungwoo and i appreciate that jungwoo is like this justice person it's like yes kyungmin is obviously not good to somebody he cares about but it just felt like a weird disjointed conclusion to just like yeah go and punch him you know like i don't know like maybe it's just i think what andy said is a good way to put it like like it's a k-drama moment yeah it's like if brandon and i just like talked and brandon just came up to me and i was like just saying like dude jenny's like such a like you know x y and z kind of thing and then brandon just socks me because of it it's like it's just that's just not in a friend personality or like both of us right it's like that just doesn't kind of make sense right yeah yeah, it's like, at, at least talk it out. Be like, hey, dude, like, yeah. we're friends, but, like, that was really messed up. Like, I, I think you should try to fix it. Or, like, why don't you go tell the professor that this... Or, like, try to make yeah. it right. Like, I trust yeah. you. We've been friends for this many years. Like, you know, like, there should just be a baseline level of, like, I believe in your morals. And so, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I'm, you know, who are we to say? So I'm sure yeah, some people are true. like, yeah punch him <laughs> you deserve to get punched you know so I mean, yeah. what are we even really talking about that's true <laughs> fair enough well i think that kind of wraps up uh you know the items i want to talk about this week for dr slump once again it is a bit of a slow burn so the plot definitely moves on pretty slowly and you know and moves slowly and through telephone calls and eavesdropping <laughs> but um overall i think you know my impressions are still pretty positive for this show um do you guys still feel the same way or have you guys kind of changed your thoughts on this overall 
you know, I will say that I was on an uphill. I really enjoyed it. I'm in a bit of a plateau now. I'm not saying that's bad. You know, it's plateauing at like a, a very high point. I, I'm just waiting to see, you know, what other uh, issues or troubles are going to carry us throughout the rest of the show. We obviously have things like Chungu's parents that we definitely have to get into. We obviously still have to figure out, you know, how is Hannah going to get back fully on her feet, so to speak, you know, or she might just continue working at this plastic surgery place too, which is fine too. Um, there's also, I'm kind of invested in Hunter's uh, brother. I feel like mm. they're kind of showing clips of him working part-time now and getting some responsibilities and stuff so a lot of stuff to uncover how about yeah. you guys yeah i think for me i think the show's always just been very mid i guess mm. <laughs> very plateau <laughs> i think there's a lot of frustrating characters for me that overshadows the goodness of the show uh feels like the show's it's a little bit of a slump in the sense that like there's a lot of fluff going on that like i think things could have done a little bit better um the only thing that i would say that's really positive is i really like the what jenny said earlier was like confrontations that a lot of characters have i think they have very good intentional conversations of like you know when they broke up they they the two main characters they talk like oh so they, they just basically talk about their feelings and i think that's really realistic and I, that's the what i want to see on camera also just the relationship in general just like the small intentional things but everything else sometimes like the frustrating things it starts to overshadow the the positives and that's when it starts to like you know deter me a little bit fair enough all right well i think that wraps up dr slump um so next week we will be reviewing episodes 11 and 12 so we only have i think three weeks um left yeah after this week so we'll see how it goes love it looking forward to it all right andy i'm gonna pass it over to you let's finish out killer's paradox cheers Yep, so for this week, we are covering Killer's Paradox, the last four episodes from episodes 5 to 8. This is definitely a big change from episodes 1 through 4 because our main character, Cho Wushik, was the main, I guess, murderer or killer in those first four episodes. And now the villain in this is, is fully established in episodes 5 to 8, and he is Song Chan, and he's the original, I guess, Batman, uh, to, <laughs> to speak, and he is actually like... I guess a little bit more of a psychopath compared to uh, uh, Lee Tang. And he is, um, everyone is essentially chasing him. Essentially a good cop. Batman and Robin also chasing him. And he's just like a menace creating a lot of problems in the sense that like he just kind of straight up just murders everyone. Um, how does the show feel compared to the first half of the show for, for you guys? I don't know why, and this is going to sound very negative, but I found that Song Chun's backstory and his motivations and drive plus his relationship with robin and then the link between song chon and chang nakam and chang nakam's father and mother and all of that that was so much more interesting to me than itang's first three episodes to where by the end of the show uh, it was it kind of i'm sorry to say this but i i felt like itang actually should not have been the main focus of the show. I was actually way more focused in the latter half because that felt like a cohesive story to me. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I, do yeah, agree, I agree with that. Yeah, I think for me, you know, the reason why I think I had such a hard time getting into the first half was just because I didn't know which character really root for and root against. But I think with the introduction of Song Chan, like, I feel like the roles that people played 
were a lot more clarified in my head, which made it easier for me to get behind the storyline, I think, for the second half. And I I do agree that I really like Sung Chan's um, like storyline, backstory, just kind of his motivations and kind of the big reveal at the end. So I actually enjoyed the second half more than I did the first. How about you, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my biggest gripe I had in the first, like, f- episode 5 to 6, and I was like, dude, the focus is on Lee Tong. Why do I, I don't want to see this Song Chan guy. He's such an evil character. <laughs> I want to yeah. continue to see the development of Lee Tong. But when I started to get to episode 7 and 8, I was like, dude, this Song Chan character, he's, when they start to explain his backstory, wow, he's a very, very developed character. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you guys where I kind of think Song Chan was like, it's good. But I do like how Lee Tong's character in the first four episodes um, we can see his change of character going from episode one onto the character that he was in episode eight. And I think mm-hmm. his example of being a good murderer or like good Batman really is paints a, the opposite of Song Chan. And I think it just amplifies like why Song Chan's character is the way he is and why Lee Tang's yeah. character is the way he is. So for me, that's mm-hmm. not like a super big negative or a negative at all. One thing that I kind of didn't like was for Itang's character, I really enjoyed the shift. I think it was maybe episode four when we get, you know, badass Itang scenes. And then he kills the, was he a prosecutor or a lawyer or something? He was the one mm-hmm. that had like the video strangling the girl. From that episode, though, I feel like we kind of lost badass Itang. He never really yeah. came back in like that light. You know, he he is a little bit more... Um, courageous he obviously tries to kill Song Chun on his own but you know there's scenes where he's just really scared and kind of goes back to like the Itang that we saw from the first three episodes so I'm sad that that phase of his was kind of short-lived but it really just goes to show the energy that Song Chun brought it kind of just killed the energy of Itang if that makes sense yeah yeah and I think you know I I almost feel like because how how like resolute Song Chang was in his decision to murder and kill people. I think, you know, as a foil to that, seeing Yi Tang just constantly be traumatized by the lives that he's mm-hmm. taken was kind of a good way to explain kind of this paradox that the show is trying to, you know, explain to the viewers of like, is killing people okay? Like, if you feel bad for murder, then are you still a psychopath? Like, there's a lot of interesting questions. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it was a good way to just showcase that. I think from a watchability point of view, it did make it tougher to get behind Yi Tang because you're like, oh, I thought you got over but it seems like you're still struggling but also just helps you question kind of the moral paradox that they're trying to showcase i want to play this to you i want to play this back to you guys and let me know if if you're thinking about it the same way that i am but the way i understood why song chun wanted to meet itang was that song chun had the same vision he views everyone that's bad as like vermin that he needs to get rid of and but he's so loose with it you know you have someone kind of just acting like a hooligan in the street like boom i'm just gonna kill you you know so there's like even levels to the bad that robin couldn't get behind and he finds that itang for some reason is able to identify the worst people because he has some ability that he wants to test out and so he's recruiting itang to join him say hey you guys you and i are more or less doing a similar thing you seem to have this ability we can both help each other out but song chon is upset because he tank doesn't want to join him is that the relationship between them yeah I, that's what i saw um i think song chon's like wow how do you decipher who is good or bad like it just for for some reason you're able to just like 
murder these guys and how did you even know is like robin telling you is this just like a kind of a thing and yeah mm-hmm. that that's what i saw how about you jenny yeah i agree i mean i think they just have a very complicated relationship too so to be honest i was having a bit of a hard time really understanding why but you can tell that sung chun was just like fascinated by yi tong and i think what you outlined is pretty accurate to why that was the case okay well also i think it's also because it's also the relationship between sung chun and robin and then mm. now Robin is working on lead time. So Sonchan is like, wait, okay, so I have this relationship with Robin. And then now Robin has recruiting this new Batman, per se. And uh, mm-hmm. he's just kind of intrigued by this person. And then the minute that Lee Tong saw Songchan, he got his little shivers, which indicates that, like, okay, this guy is clearly a bad guy and he's killed people before. So for mm-hmm. him, Lee Tong's like, I'm scared of this guy. I cannot work with this guy. So that's what I saw yeah. between their relationships. Yeah, you mentioned Robin, and honestly, I thought Robin should have had such a big role. He was a great character, and he was truly yeah. good to heart. I mean, yes, he has this like vigilante um, ideals or this agenda, and you know, who's to say that's good or bad? But at his core, I really felt that he was always trying to do the right thing. As soon as he realized Hong Chun was like off the rails, he he dropped him and. He tried a few times to go to Changnankam and like be like, "Hey, catch Songchun," but it was like Changnankam's. I don't know if it was his pride or just he just wouldn't work with Robin. I feel like yeah. they could have caught Songchun a lot earlier than when they did. Even after like Songchun goes and kills Changnankam's dad, like Robin had tried twice, be like, "Hey, here are the files. I know where he is. Let's just grab him." So I thought that was kind of frustrating for Changnankam's character. Yeah, I. Since we're talking about it, I feel like he was just the cop. Sorry, Chang Nagam. He was just overall a very frustrating character. Like, I <laughs> went in because I loved the actor for him. So I was like, oh my god, Sung Soo is going to be this really cool cop. I'm going to be like so into him. And then I found myself just being like, not like annoyed, but being like, oh, come on, guy. Like, let's let's work with Robin. Like, let's see the bigger picture here, you know? And trying to just, like, egg him on in a direction yeah. that I thought made more sense. Um, so, I don't know. I was like, not that I'm disappointed. I think he served a very important role in the overall messaging. But I just went in thinking that the cop was going to be this, like, really cool guy. And then <laughs> he just wasn't, like, that cool. <laughs> but you got to admit that reveal, which I was not expecting in the chairman's room, when it turns out that his dad mm. had been done in by Song Chun, that was a yeah. sick reveal. And the emotion on Chang Nakam's face when he was pointing the gun, I yeah. felt that in my core. I really like him as a character, um, Chang Nakam, because I think he represents kind of like that good cop in a sense that like you're not mm. going to kill someone. So like you're, it's the difference between a cop and a murderer in a sense that like your morals are like, you know, aligned. You're kind of like following the law and you're like, you got to do things by the book, but you also have your own pride. And then you have your like family mm-hmm. issues kind of a thing. So all the emotions that he's going through also like you're being played by Robin. He got suspended as a cop too. So his pride is like super, super hurt, but yeah. he's a good cop so he wants to like do things by the books but Mm -hmm. these these murderers they're kind of just doing whatever and he's probably like dude i can't i I have to i can't play by the books anymore i gotta just gotta do my own thing and Mm -hmm. it's just frustrating for him because like now his morals are starting to shift a little bit and we see his change of character at the end of episode eight where he's like damn lee tong he's a murderer i need to catch this guy but at the end of the day, he's like, no, he uh, he didn't do anything. And we see his change of character click right there. And I, I thought his character was very interesting because of that. Yeah, I, I loved the trip that he and Chang Nakam and Robin take to go catch Song Chon. Because in the car, 
Robin keeps defending Itang, and at a certain point, Changnakam's like, "You guys don't get to play God and stuff like that." Yeah, But Robin's yeah. like, "You know, you weren't able to kill Song Chun in the chairman's office, and like, the chairman ended up dying because of it. You know,、yeah. so you have blood on your hands too." And one thing that I really loved was by the end in that、uh, warehouse when Changnakam was pointing the gun, Itang started to get the shivers of Changnakam. Is like Changnakam's、yeah. character started to also shift too. So it's like really interesting, and then by the end when he lets Itang go, I don't fully know how to explain the relationship between Itang and Changnakam. By the end, maybe you guys have a better answer. I feel like it's one of those things where like, you know how if you have like a infestation of bad bugs, a way to get rid of bad bugs is like you release like ladybugs, which are like good bugs <laughs> to get rid of some of the bad <laughs> bugs. I feel like that's kind of the way that the cop is now seeing Itang. You know, it's like.、Mm. He's not a a killer who's gonna kill anybody and everybody. He does have a specific purpose, and he somehow is able to really find only the bad people. So, like, I feel so you like think he believes in the supernatural aspect. I think he does. I,、mm-hmm. By the end of it, I think he's like, I'm gonna give this kid a chance. You know, there's bad people out there, and if he's going to make it right, then maybe that's fine. But I don't know. But at the same time, I feel like he's not a hundred percent sold. And maybe this is me projecting. But the fact that he adopted the dog makes me feel <laughs> like he's like. But I also understand the impact that even killing bad people can have on the lives around that bad person. Which is why you know he's taking care of the dog because the dog's owner was killed by Yitang. So I feel like he's still、mm. kind of like in a dilemma. But he also is just okay for now, letting Yitang go. What do you think, Andy? I think he came to the realization at the end in the warehouse where, like, he basically、um, was pointing the gun at Li Tang, and Li Tang pulls、mm-hmm. the trigger on himself. And then, like, he realized that Li Tang, he kind of just like is a very timid guy, and he doesn't want to do this kind of stuff. And then、yeah. when he's getting interrogated by that profiler, he realized that, like, dude, he actually is getting away with things. Like, he's got something going on. Like, something、yeah. is like. He's got coincidences going on with him, so he's like, okay. Maybe this is the way to go. And then I like how you mentioned the dog too. I really like how the dog gets gets played into this because we do see that that this dog is fi- trying to like bite this young girl, who which is her old he-、uh, her old owner essentially, and that's why he's getting frightened because he's going he's biting the, the this woman because he can't deal with like this woman like kind of like. Harassing、Being、him, there, and, yeah, 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 and so like I think the good that representation of the good cop abducting the dog is like、mm-hmm. the events, like bad events might happen to you, but that doesn't change of like how like good or bad you are. So he adopts right, a dog、right. to like kind of like you're you're a good dog, you're a dog, you're like something、yeah. happened to you, it doesn't mean you're bad. And I think that's also kind of a representation of like Li Tang of how he sees Li Tang. So I thought that was、yeah. a really cool full circle. Yeah, dude, when they were gonna put the dog down, Brandon and I were getting、yeah. so heated. <laughs> we're like, he was just trying to play with her, like let my yeah, boy free. Yeah, he had a muzzle on, like he wasn't even gonna bite her. <laughs> yeah, and、he、then was trying like, to play. and then Jonathan like shows up, and we're like, if you don't have that dog in your car by the end of the scene, and then they pan, and the dog's like heads out the window. We're like, yes, <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah, I, I that's very well said. I actually didn't think about the dog in that light until you guys mentioned it, but. We literally said it on this podcast, you know, in last week that Itang, you know, he really was just dealt like a really bad hand that spiraled out of control. You know, I don't think he ever meant to kill that guy.、Mm-hmm. So it is what it is.、Uh, I guess what did we, you know? Zooming back out, what did we think about the ending? Because you know, we watched it in four four episode a piece, and it's kind of hard to like join the two. But you think it was cohesive? 
Yeah, I I actually really like the ending of just how they wrapped it up. I think everyone's death was kind of necessary to kind of finish up the plot and wrap everything up. I did like how Lee Tong kind of like goes aboard and realizes that like, oh shoot, no one's kind of chasing after me. Does this mean that like the good cop is kind of accepting like me for who I am kind of a thing? I guess he does go back and I guess he's starting to you know, continue to follow in his ways, um, I guess, which is fine. But I think that's more like an open ending kind of a thing. So yeah. I, I thought the ending was good to me. Yeah, I don't think that's a season two bait like we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. I consider yeah. this one and done. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Andy, too. I think the ending was well wrapped up. Um, you know, I do think that it's positive in the way they showcased everything. But I do feel like just overall the show took a very long time to get to the ending where i feel like i don't know in my head this could have been a movie and i feel like i would have appreciated it a bit more because i do think the ending was well done it was just the journey along the way that was pretty bumpy for me yeah fair enough i do have one major gripe and uh, I, i'm curious to get your take on this andy i felt like song chon as a killer didn't it <laughs> wasn't very believable like they clearly age the actor the actor is not that old but they made him look mm-hmm. like a really big uh, really old man and he also only has one hand it looks like yeah. when um dumbledore like touched the horcrux like his hand <laughs> his hand was toast right yeah so when they do like these scenes in my head i'm like why can't you just run away from this old man and like the most <laughs> unbelievable fight scene that i've ever seen in K dramas was him fighting all of the gangsters the like gangsters, sure he had like yeah. He had like a, a revolver, but it had like the the fake bullets. Or I don't know what you call yeah, it. Yeah. Blanks. And one of them was real. Fine. I'll give you that. But like I was watching it like, how are you not getting rid of this old man? Like this is really unbelievable. Yeah. But And you had a lot of gripes about um, Shot for Killers because the fight scenes were unrealistic. But I felt like this one was ridiculous. Well, okay, this one was realistic in the sense of choreo- choreography, I would say. I think uh, all the, uh-huh. the fights and the whacking and stuff made sense. What didn't make sense is, yeah, okay, he's an old man and, like, ten people, <laughs> like, should, like you just, just wha- keep whacking him or, like, stab him yeah. at least once with a knife. But, okay, I think to credit credit them, they did say to get him alive. So that's why they didn't actually maybe didn't go, like, you know, stabby stab mm. on him kind of a thing. Uh, mm. And so that's why he was able to get rid of everyone else. But, yeah, I agree. I think, like... Man, come on. You got 10 of you guys on one guy. Um, He's like 10 healthy. And then he gets away from the cops too. That thing too. Yeah, I was like, oh. Oh my God, yeah. When he was like, oh, my hand hurts. Like what cop would be like, oh, let me undo your... Undo your handcuff? What? This man is a murderer. That was was ridiculous. That's crazy. I I will... No, I I just totally shat on him. But I will say that I loved how smart Song Chun was. Like, he was a very yeah. intelligent murderer. Like, he had everything planned out. You couldn't pull one over on him. So that was cool. Any other gripes for you guys? I, we, we talked about a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned, like, the middle part seemed a little bit drawn out. I would say one of my gripes was the story with the case about the um, girl at the grocery store and then kind of, like, how she meets her childhood friend who was just trying to use her to sleep with her because of like her leaked sex tape. Like that, I feel like took a really long time and I didn't, and I didn't feel like it added to the overall plot line of like the killer dilemma, you know, paradox theme. And I, I was just like, I don't know. It just felt like a lot of wasted time on a very specific case. And maybe I'm just dense, but I was like, I don't really, I mean, I get the message of the case, but I don't really see how it relates to the overall show as much. 
I agree. And it wasn't even, Lee Tong wasn't involved. Yeah, well, I think that case was just a transition from Lee Tong as the main, uh, like, murderer to Song Chan as the murderer. Because mm. it happened in the same vicinity, and Song Chan was going after him. And, like, so, uh, they basically pinned that murder on Song Chan because he actually did go kill the, the guy. Uh, yeah. But, like, I agree. I think that case was a little bit too long for what it was. But that's how I saw it linked. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Andy, did you have any gripes before we get into the ranking? I'm trying to think about it. I'm I'm sure there is, um, but yeah, I agree. I think some some of them felt a little bit long, but given it is eight episodes, that's actually kind of short short in the sense that like it's not sixteen ever. So I wouldn't yeah. say that's too big of a gripe, and I, I don't have that many gripes. Yeah, it, they were like forty five minute episodes too. Like we breezed through it. it. Was not hard to watch. Should we rank this show? Let's do it. You know. It might be hard because there's only one drama on here, <laughs> Shop for Killers, um, or as Andy likes to call it, Shop for Clowns. Um, how do you guys want to do it? Let Andy go higher or lower? <laughs> I have a feeling it'll be higher. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be tough because I personally like Shop more, but I also have a feeling that maybe you guys feel differently. So I think it is just going to be what it is. Andy, I can go first. go first with my explanation. So yeah. I, I obviously I think I have a really positive um, impact for this show. Uh, I think this show actually is a really really good um, production and produced show. I think all the characters, the camera angles were really really well done. Um, I think the dialogue was just like, man, I, um, it felt like you. Then the backstories they give like a one minute backstory of each character, and that just the storytelling just explains so much compared to a lot of these other shows that spend thirty minutes on this backstory. In the end of it, we get like fluff it's it was like nothing so i think they have a really good way of showing emotion in the show the mm-hmm. themes are really really great um the only problem i have to the show is this show is kind of hard to watch the themes are very very dark um with mm-hmm. murders and stuff like that so it's really hard to recommend this show but i do mm-hmm. understand that this show is actually really <laughs> i think it's a phenomenal show show in the sense that like mm. the themes are just as good as dp2 i would say the produ- production of the show is it as good as db2 it's just it's hard to watch wow wow very um, glowing yeah. review that's yeah that's a lot better <laughs> this is what i'm saying and he does this he'll like oh yeah it's okay and then give it a phenomenal <laughs> review like that yeah um i'm on a little bit of a different boat you know for me i feel like this show had a lot of it was very artsy and it had a lot of fluff but not that much substance at least for me and what i mean by that is like you could watch the last four episodes and like that could have been the whole drama for me. Like I really don't see how the first four really aid into the next four, especially when you add in like the cop trying to catch Itang first and then trying to catch Song Chong. I just felt like it's really disjointed. And you know, maybe part of it is because we watched four, four, but um, I, I just really couldn't figure out where they were trying to go with the story. And even by the end, like I don't fully understand the messaging. Like there's messages there, I don't know if they fully resonate with me. And so for that reason, um, I would put it under Shop for Killers. Like, I didn't have that many gripes for Shop for Killers. I liked the world and the lore that they built. And honestly, if Shop for Killers Season 2 came out, I would watch it. So I think for simple reasons like that, I would put Shop slightly higher. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like the issue with Shop was that it was too short for me. There could have been like two more episodes that I would have made it better. And 
but Killer Paradox, it was too long for me. I think it could have condensed even shorter or just been a really good movie. Like, yeah. and I think that would have honestly made the show perfect because I appreciate the artsy, you know, direction they were trying to go with, but it was just so dragged on and we were just getting so much like moral trauma for the main character that it was just really tough to watch and actually enjoy. And like, you know, it's one of those things where like, I get it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Yitang is having a hard time concentrating on things he enjoys because he killed somebody. Cool. Point made. But it's like next episode, another iteration of that. And it's like, he's more in his head. Now he's spiraling. He's going to turn himself in, can't turn himself in because the universe won't let him. And then it's like, okay, he finally catches a break. And then he's struggling again. It was just like, oh my God, like I get the message. Like it's tough for this guy, but he needs to do it. And I feel like that's why I just... I really had a hard time enjoying it. And I feel like only at the end when Sung Chan and like his whole like thing came out that I really start to really enjoy the show. So it was like very low and then a couple high points versus for me, Killers was just like generally pretty high point, like until the end where I was like, oh my God, what the heck? But like because of that, I think I just enjoyed Killers better from a watchability perspective. Um, even though I think similar to Andy, I recognize that there are, really big things at play for Killer Paradox, but it was just hard to watch for me. And I think that's why I would put it under um, a shot for Killers. I think if Killers Paradox redid it to where it was just a long, brutal cat and mouse game between Chang Lekam and Song Chun, I would have 100% put it as number one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just a direction thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like you guys want Shot for Killers. Um, I, I mean, I can't really argue against that <laughs> that much. I think Shot for Killers is <laughs> is a very interesting show. Uh, I, uh, but I agree. I think Killers Paradox is a very um, artistic show. I would say it's a theme that not many people would really want to sit through. Um, I agree with that. But um, I mean, I guess you just gotta agree with disagree for this one because this one's really hard. <laughs> yeah fair and enough honestly andy we also how you how you did on the re-ranking with um seeing my 19th life i'm already anticipating this time next year i'm sure you can work well, your I way didn't up touch with see my 19th life last year at all actually i that's just kept true. saying it was a bad show and then <laughs> that's, true. I, that's I, true I didn't do anything about it <laughs> that's true yeah well i think you know it's literally only two in our list so far and i know there's a lot of k-dramas coming our way this year so you know, it doesn't mean that this is going to be the final, you know, it's not going to be neck and neck. And I'm sure that things will kind of open up um, as more K-dramas get added. Yeah, and also we're going to put Slump on here pretty soon too. So we'll get this list growing. This was really fun. Really enjoyed Killer's Paradox. It was very fun to watch. Next week, we're going to continue Dr. Slump episodes 11 to 12. We do have a one-week break before we officially start Queen of Tears. I'm sure, you know, now that we have all of this free time, we already finished our Patreon episode. Please go check that out. I'm sure all of us can just pick up on other things you wanted to watch. Jenny, you had a show you were kind of interested about, right? Yeah, there's. So I think we talked about Wedding Impossible a little bit. This is the one that's coming out on Vicky. And then there's another show that has one of our favorite actors, Lee Jae Wook. Um, so this one's going to be on Hulu. It's called The Impossible Heir. It gives kind of. Um, reborn what's Rich. The, yes, Reborn Rich. It's like very much the overtaking of, you know, this company, the Chebro fights, like that kind of vibe um you know i've heard kind of mixed reviews but i am excited to check it out because we are both ej wook fans um, on this podcast so um maybe we'll take a look at it next week and if we do we'll make sure to talk about it 
Awesome. Socials? Yeah, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, at Poetry Playlist. Check out our Ko-Fi and our Patreon if you want to help support us. And if you want, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Andy, please sign us out. This is the Poetry Playlist, and we're out.